Base Camp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. I'd like to start off with two quotes, one from George Carlin, who said, quote, I have certain rules. My first rule, I don't believe anything the government tells me, unquote. And another from the author Aldous Huxley, who said, the quote, the propagandist purpose is to make one set of people forget that certain other sets of people are human, unquote. Here in Huxley's quote, we see a way to detect the work of the deep state's media propaganda. Are you moving a certain group of people beneath you? Is the other side stupid or racist or uninformed or crazy? Or is this what you were being told to believe by propagandists? We have clearly been swimming in disinformation, and I believe it, it's making us sick, and most of us are only vaguely aware of it. Or maybe the left is aware of the propaganda of the right and vice versa. We seem to be, as a whole, quite poor at detecting spin that is inside our own silo. I find it useful to assume anything coming out of mainstream media is spin. There is no objective journalism any longer on the mainstream airwaves. We, the people, know this, and more and more are coming to terms with it. My guest today has an excellent quote in her book. She says, quote, COVID was one big mess of misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, and spin. Beneath it all were people trying to dog paddle and not drown in the chorus of chaos, waiting for facts that only time will tell, unquote. I think this captures the past year and a half in succinct fashion. We are still trying to make sense of it as the facts have been slow to roll in. Of course, mainstream media has not assisted us in understanding the situation, but then again, that is not their role, is it? Quite the opposite. I saw a great little post from Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. She says, quote, The global corporate shill press is not the real media. Individuals with their pens, phones, computers, and cameras are the real media, unquote. I completely agree. And we are seeing an activated and awakened citizenry right now. I would also add microphones and podcasts to the list of tools of we the people. It is how we are able to counter the deception campaign that has been waged against us. We seek the truth, have conversations, report what we find, and let you decide for yourself who is seeking to empower and who is seeking to disempower you. As they say, we are the news now. My guest today is one such citizen journalist and an excellent and prolific writer. Marie Jones is the best-selling author of over 25 nonfiction books on diverse topics, including the paranormal, ufology, mind control, propaganda and media manipulation, myth and symbolism, ancient knowledge, archetypes, cutting-edge science, time travel, and more. She's also a novelist and screenwriter and has been interviewed on over 2,000 radio shows and podcasts all over the world. She's also appeared on the History Channel's Ancient Aliens and Nostradamus Effects series. Here is my interview with Marie Jones. Okay, I am here with Marie Jones, author and thought leader Marie Jones. I want to say 27-time author Marie Jones. I just like saying that. So, Marie, welcome to Base Camp for Men. It's great to have you back on the show. I am so excited and pleased to be back. And thank you for calling me a thought leader. I like that. Absolutely. <laughs> Did I get that right? Is it 27 now? I didn't know. If I'm I at 30, but oh some of God. those are, are fiction. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I count them all in because it's like, Heck if yeah. you want to know why I can't often put a whole sentence together, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> 
Well, (laughs) I know a lot of people and you're the only one I know that can say I've written 30 books. I mean, that is really impressive. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, and we've talked about it before that your your day is filled with writing as you would expect somebody that's that prolific. I I write full time and I don't know how to not be writing. I, I don't know how to stop even on, you know, days off. That's all I'm thinking about. I mean, I'm, you know, family and stuff, but um, yeah. And I, a long time ago kind of came up with a list of all the things I wanted to write about before, you know, the asteroid hit quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm almost there and I'm thinking, oh boy, maybe I should add a few things to the list. Well, yeah. Postpone the asteroid, but uh, I've been, yeah. I mean, I have worked I've had a lot of people that read my books that say you're the hardest working writer in show business, like the James Brown. Yeah, Um, yeah. I've been doing it since I was really young, and I am exhausted. I will be very honest (laughs) about that. (laughs) You probably write even when you're on vacation, I bet, huh? I don't have – I have not had a vacation in over 10 years. Oh, my God. I'm actually kind of slowing down a little with uh, nonfiction because nonfiction is so research-intensive. Yeah. And um, I really – you know, I started out writing fiction, short stories. I wanted Mm -hmm. to write novels. I envisioned myself as sort of a Jackie Collins. Mm Kind of shows my age there. You know, laying on the beach with my drink – um, right. And then writing my novels in my mansion. <laughs> and I love screenwriting. I love storytelling. And so what I'm finding now is that um, I've been doing so much nonfiction. And the exhaustion comes from the need to kind of now go back to uh, storytelling. And, mm-hmm. and storytelling is also a wonderful way of conveying information. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, your your latest book, Disinformation and You, Identify Propaganda and Manipulation, it might be your most important book. I mean, I uh, I, is, I've yeah. seen all the titles. I've read a number of your books. This one is really exceptional, really well-researched, and it's really important. So I, I guess my first question is, what prompted you to write the book? Um, and why is this topic right now so relevant and important for people to understand? You know, it's funny. This is the most important book. The, the, then one that's coming out in October, Toxin Nation, mm-hmm. it rivals it. We'll talk about that later. But I feel like this is the most important book I've ever written. And this is the most difficult book I'm having, getting people to read it. I think that there's a real wall that goes up. Um, I was actually uh, – so with nonfiction – I either come up with ideas that I want to write about and I approach my publisher or, you know, uh, any publisher um, or they approach me. And in this case, my publisher at uh, Visible Ink Press asked if I would stop a natural health and well-being manual that I was currently writing for them and very quickly do this book. I literally wrote this in four months and, and that's, you know, pretty fast. And at the time, you know, books always take about a year and a half to come to market. So uh, this one, I think we got out a lot quicker. But at the time, there was obviously so much going on, so much propaganda. Censorship was was really starting to explode in uh, social media yep. with the election and uh, COVID. <laughs> right. COVID it was just breaking. Yep. And um, so, yes, it was really important that we talk about how so much of this smacks 
of government, military, uh, intelligence agency, corporate-driven propaganda. And I had written about it in two other books, in Viral Mythology and Mind Wars. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel like this, is, this was a way of sort of really doing a deep dive yeah. into the information that I was already aware of or and a lot of this is stuff that I didn't even know and mm-hmm. trying to get it out there because it's real people I still have people say oh there's no propaganda they trust the government and I always want to point them to three quotes I'm going to really quickly throw these in there yeah go ahead yeah <laughs> one is from William Casey who was a CIA director At his very first staff meeting in 1981 was quoted as saying, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Mm -hmm. And then another of my favorite quotes by George Will, no matter how deeply you distrust the government's judgment, you are too trusting. And I think my absolute favorite of all was by William Blum. No matter how paranoid or conspiracy-minded you are, what the government is actually doing is worse than you can imagine. Now, whatever. Um, But these are three very telling quotes because there seems to be two realities going on here. There's one that is presented in mainstream media and you know your your government is here to help you and corporations all care about you and your health and blah 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 and i call that the top side of the rock but if you don't pick that rock up and look at what's underneath <laughs> which is all the stuff that they're censoring twisting manipulating hiding suppressing um threatening people over Mm-hmm. you're not getting the whole picture. You're right. not getting the whole picture. Well, and I, and I, you know, we're swimming in it now. That's the thing. I think people that, that may might say, Oh, there's no propaganda. It's just, we're swimming in it so much. We don't know we're awash in it. You know, I mean, people that are, have got a radar for it or have done some research, you know, you start to get a nose for it and you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't look right at all. But for a lot of people, it exists as just the flow of information. Right. It's, it's not necessarily there to deceive them. So they're just like, okay, it's just, you know, it is what it is. You know what? One thing I hear a lot about is I hear this kind of, I trust the science. I hear this from a particular crowd. <laughs> when it, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? When it came yes. to the COVID narrative and then, um, and then the vaccine narrative, um, this kind of, I trust the science as if that's the end of the questions. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, and I just think like, what would you tell people that, that think, you know, you can spin, you know, uh, advertising or marketing, but you can't spin science. You know, that's, that's the, Actually, that's kind you of, you can, yes. you can, and here's how. Yeah. Big pharma pays off doctors, scientists, mm-hmm. researchers, yeah. college textbooks, medical school uh, curriculum. Big Pharma has a hand in approximately 70% of college textbooks and medical school uh, public health curriculum. Mm -hmm. Um, The Big Pharma influence on medical journals, many of which, including the Lancet, which is probably the most widely respected of all, being busted 
for including studies that were paid, bought and paid for basically by big pharma. Science is never settled. My father was a geophysicist. He was always, he died several years ago, but he was always telling me science transforms and morphs and changes yeah. the more we learn about stuff. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and if you're so, so, but you bought up something really critical. If you don't know what you don't know, you don't know. Now, a lot of people don't know about censorship and propaganda because they're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. It's not a part of their reality. Right. So right. they say, oh, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But if it's your job to look for that, as in your case and mine, because of what we do for, for a living, yep. you see it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. Right. But I will tell you that, you know, I've always been, I've always had my eyes pretty wide open from when I was a little kid. That's just the way I was, I'm wired, right, is to, right. to ask questions. I never take anything at face value. I always have to look for proof on my own. That's just me. But I will tell you that for a long, long time, there were a lot of things that I bought into that I absolutely refused to believe otherwise yeah. because I wasn't seeing it. And here's the even more important thing. I didn't want to see it. Right, right. Well, I he, didn't want to see it. I, I, had a, I had a moment along these lines when I was young. I, I read William Grider's Who Will Tell the People? And he was a really well-known uh, journalist in Washington, D.C. And the book exposed uh, not just the influence of lobbyists in D.C., but it, it exposed in my young mind, I always thought, Oh, the EPA, you know, it's it it's acting on behalf of we the people as this kind of policeman to the the polluting industries, or the SEC is acting on behalf of we the people to police Wall Street. Right. And when I found out that was not the case, that that you had, you know, uh, on the board of directors of the EPA were were former chairmen's of Dow Chemical and that, exactly. the, and that the SEC was very, very much influenced by former CEOs of Goldman Sachs or Merrill and that they were really there to make sure it was business as usual and to have the, the appearance that they were regulating that industry. And, you know, my take on the CDC and the World Health Organization is you're looking at a version of that where most people think, oh, I can trust the sources here because they're representing our best interests. And it's like you, a lot of people don't know that the CDC owns a lot of vaccine patents and and the world health organization gets a lot of money from the Gates foundation, which is very, so does the the FDA. I mean, everybody's saying, Oh, the FDA, what they, they, they're looking out for us. It's like, do you know that the board of directors they are like in bed with the pharmaceutical industry? And I believe it was the former head of the FDA left to to go work at Pfizer. It's like people. Okay, follow the money and look who's in bed with who. It's that simple. Yeah. I've never trusted the World Health Organization ever since they got involved with, you know, the Agenda 2020 and all the World Economic Forum yeah, stuff, yeah. which we could really go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, the guy who leads the the world WHO has direct links to terrorists, and the CDC I always knew was two different companies. One is a 
public health advisory and the other is a vaccine company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I like, yeah. What you, I like what you said. There's a quote in your book where you say, when it comes to propaganda, those who perpetrate it truly hope you never ask questions, unquote. Exactly. And then, and then you have one that says the people who sell the panic, sell the pill, unquote. Yep. And I think this is really great and points to it. Um, who, who's selling the pill um, and how are they selling the panic in through all this, through this COVID, you know, in, in your mind? Yeah, so you create the problem and then you also yeah. offer the solution, the he mm -hmm. Hegelian dialect. So the problem, I saw a quote that, um, oh, I forgot if it was Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's one of my heroes, or yeah, Dr. Mercola, another hero. Mm -hmm. Here's what the quote kind of, and, and I'm paraphrasing that, mm -hmm. um, the vaccines were not created to help with COVID or to cure COVID. Mm -hmm. COVID was created to sell the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, yes. I don't, you know, SARS V2, whatever, the coronavirus is not any worse than a bad flu. And we right. know that by right. the, the fact that the uh, recovery rates have never gone down. And there are hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, you know, you name it. There are but why are why are vaccines being pushed so heavily? And, and there's other rabbit holes that we could go down regarding that. But the truth is that what I'm seeing is big pharma has their hands all over this. And the nine people became new billionaires during COVID while the rest of us, you know, lost our businesses. And all nine of those people were on the board of directors or CEOs of pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. I believe that. There is a bigger agenda here, and I believe COVID was used to push to see how far uh, we would go towards being able to be locked down just by saying there's an emergency, yeah. right? So now they yeah. know that they can just come up with any emergency and lock us down right. and put masks on us despite all of the science out there that says that they don't work and how dangerous they are, especially to children. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden, boom, here is the, the vaccines. And we're talking about digital vaccine passports. And wow, yeah. where have I heard this before? Right, right. Uh, the Great Reset. I think if, if your listeners take anything from this, those three words, the Great Reset. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so they're selling the panic. Mm -hmm. They're selling you the cure. Take the vaccine or you lose your freedoms. Oh, wow, is it working? Even yeah. though people like you and me, we want to know what's in the vaccine. What do yeah. they do? Yeah, exactly. How do they work? What are the side effects? But, you know, the vast majority of people are not even asking those questions. And the ones that are, are being censored, blocked, banned, shadow banned, yep. removed from social media. And, and you never see them on CNN or MSNBC or your local news. I actually, our local news a couple of days ago had somebody on who was really? challenging the narrative. Mm. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you don't see that much up here on our local news, but um, what about fact checkers? You know, it used to be, it used to be if you got in sort of, you put something out there and somebody might, I, I don't really put much out on social media that much anymore because I don't want to listen to all the, you know, back and forth of the bickering or whatever. Oh, I know. So I'm just like, you know, here's my episode. You can listen to it if you want. But a lot of times people will put out fact checking like Snopes and you know, I've seen some stuff that Snopes puts out where I'm like, I don't know if that's really fact checking there, you know, like it's, it's very suspect. What about, what about Marie? What about false flags? I mean, people like us, we, we know what false flags are. You did a great job of unpacking what they are in the book, including a nice list of how, you know, you're witnessing a false flag, but there's a lot of people probably a good portion of my listeners maybe that don't quite know what it is or they've seen false flag and they're like, what is that exactly? <laughs> um, yeah. How, or SIA, psychological operation. Yeah. You know? how, do you, how do you know you might be witnessing a false flag if you're at your home and something starts to hit the news cycle? What, what, what's your, what is your like, oh, here we go with this? <laughs> <laughs> false flags are events that are, coordinated by, you know, the government, the military intelligence agencies, and I'm sure large corporations have their say too, mm -hmm. um, to where the event is a trigger to bring about something else. Mm -hmm. So in the case of 9-11, you know, a lot of people believe, and based on a lot of the evidence that has come out, that it was definitely a false flag operation uh, to bring about the Patriot Act, which has recently been renewed. <laughs> what, twice? COVID, a false flag to bring about the Great Reset. And there's different steps along the way. Um, you know, we go through the, the vaccines, vaccine passports, which lead to digital passports, which leads to the end of, of paper money and digital wallets, which leads to centralized control on a global scale. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are very quickly, I'll read some of the signs with false flag because now uh, we see it. We, we see it when it's coming. Yeah. Um, the event occurs on a large scale. Doesn't always mean it's a false flag, but you know, <laughs> there's immediate national news coverage. The event inspires intense emotions such as fear, hatred, rage, anger, mass casualties. Mm -hmm. um, this is a key one because this happened with COVID and 9-11. There may be drills of a similar type of event going on before yep. you. Yep. We know that to be true with COVID. Yep. Uh, there's a political motivation or agenda that's either immediately known or comes out very quickly. Um, initial media reports conflict with the later official story and narrative. 9-11, I remember that morning hearing Fox News firefighters and police saying that they heard explosions, detonation, mm -hmm. the building, mm -hmm. and then later never heard it again. And I had a friend who years later sent me a CD of the raw footage, which I have of them saying that you never yep. heard it again. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> you hardly ever see dead bodies. Um, in the case of nine 11, you know, there are a lot of people that said the, the Pentagon, there was no sign of, of something of a plane. Mm -hmm. um, ID uh, camera security cameras are often disabled or claimed to have been not operating at the time. Mm -hmm. um, war is often declared over it. 
propaganda fills the airwaves. I mean, there's just a whole list well, in here. There, and there's one on there that you said, like the facts don't add up. You know, that I think that's that's for me, and I know my wife, it's the same thing that there's something about the narrative. There's there's a disconnect where you're like, wait a minute, wait a there's almost like your radar, your you get your radar gets to be better at sniffing out the lies and the deception and the propaganda. So that when it's occurring, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this doesn't look quite right. Something about this is a little fishy. I know for me in 9-11, that was definitely the case where I was like, this doesn't look right. Something's off here. It's almost like I'm looking at a movie instead of something actually occurring. And guess what? You probably second guessed your own intuition or your own gut instinct, which Mm -hmm. I think most people do. And then when the media narrative, it's the repetition is one of the key tools of propaganda. Mm-hmm. You repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. I mean, where do we hear that? Yeah. And um, if they repeat over and over and over again, millions of people are dying of COVID. Look at all the bodies in the streets. You know, yeah. you're going to believe that unless you're like me and you go look and you see yeah. that somebody has posted that those pictures of the dead bodies in the streets from COVID were actually people that died of a gas explosion in Italy Two yeah. years, you know. Yeah. But if you if you don't have that question authority mindset, yeah, or don't listen to that gut instinct or that little niggling that says this, this something's wrong here. Yep. Um, you'll you will become part of the wave of of the narrative, and you'll start mm-hmm. spreading that narrative, and that's exactly what they want. Yeah. Yeah. What, what? And then when you question it, you're a pariah. You're outcast. Yeah. Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could fool the eye, you could fool the mind, right? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's one of the takeaways. I think with a lot of this stuff is that there's been um, suppressed uh, technology. Um, you could, you could easily make the case that, um, Roswell and reverse engineering and any, um, alliances we've had with extraterrestrial races has created this, this advanced technology that the public doesn't know about, you know, even people that follow it, you know, I just got done reading Michael, uh, three of Michael Sala's books and he writes about the the Navy and the Air Force secret space program. And that's shocking, you know, when you read that and you're like, wait a minute, this is having me rethink (laughs) what is, yeah, what's going on, what kind of technology is available that there's alliances in, in, in that as well. It was real eye opening. And, and I was left with, uh, you know, it could, we could be entering a golden era where, um, some of these technologies that we've talked about, Tesla, uh, uh, med beds, all this stuff, we could be on the verge of actually seeing it benefit humanity, but we've got this, we've got this pesky (laughs) deep state problem that we're trying to work out, you know? So, yeah, so all of this Tesla technology and all yeah. the, you know, this stuff could all be used for good. But the problem is the intention. And I never used to believe this when I was younger. Now I'm totally on board. I believe that there is a full scale depopulation agenda going on. Mm-hmm. And that's not just me making crap up. I mean, Bill Gates has a video where he's literally talking about the uh, effectiveness of vaccines to reduce the population. Yeah. I by- saw that too. Yeah. Yeah, and and he makes no um, bones about his eugenics background. Yep. yep. And and Fauci has been linked to eugenics, and of course uh, Margaret Sanger 
in Planned Parenthood. But it, but also if you go look at the uh, United Nations Agenda 2020 and Agenda 2030, if you look at the Great Reset on the World Economic Forum, and you're going to see all this shiny stuff about sustainability. Mm-hmm. Dig a little deeper because part of that sustainability comes from reducing the population. Now, the Georgia Guidestones think that the, the perfect population is, what, 500 million? I don't think they're going to go that far. Right, right, but right. But I do think they, that there are very powerful, wealthy people who believe they're superior mm-hmm. that have this, you know, let's get rid of some of the bottom feeder mentality. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that. And when you see it, when you, you know, and, and like I have people say, oh, they could possibly be that evil. It's like, are you look at history? You know, we we're talking about false flags and Upper Northwoods was an attempt on the joint chief, the behalf of the joint chiefs of staff in 1962 to encourage President Kennedy at the time to use a false flag event to, to get us into war with Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, he said no. <laughs> you see some of the horrifying things. They not only wanted to assassinate Castro and kill some Cuban you know, migrants, and they were talking about our own soldiers, you know, yeah. collateral damage, killing our own soldiers, killing American civilians in order to rile up the public to say yes to war. This is not new. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and I and I think that's that's part of, you know the deep state they they sort of they play on uh you know people like us we the people we assume that we're all operating under the same kind of humanity and agenda when in fact it's tiered and you have you have sociopaths psychopaths that have been running things they might not even be part of the same species of people you know what i mean like there's there there's if if you go to david ike's site you say okay this is a this is a whole other thing but you don't even have to go that far and just say there's psychopaths that are running things as evidenced by people like bill gates right yeah and so if you go there and say maybe they're not operating under the same moral guidelines as you and i would if we were running things and setting up a health organization it might look quite a bit different so um what you know yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give away a few of your great books disinformation in you I, i'm highly recommending it to all my friends i'm passing it around identity propaganda and manipulation but i wanted to give you a chance you have a really exciting creative project coming up uh called black mariah and i want to give you a chance to um tell us about that because i know you're very excited about that yes well i have two really big things coming yeah. in october i release my next nonfiction book which is called toxin nation the systematic poisoning of our air water food mm-hmm. and bodies i think that's the subtitle mm-hmm. um another massive deep dive into research that terrified me and put me in a depression for a few months Um, that I would highly recommend. But I realized that I wanted to get back to storytelling. And storytelling is another way of getting information out and and getting messages out to people. And Black Mariah was a book that I started writing a long time ago as a a story about someone who, uh, her small town is attacked. She doesn't know what's happening. She gets together with a, a group of people and they start to uncover some pretty damning things about the government and mm-hmm. conspiracies and all this. Well, nothing happened for, for a long time. And then last year, my manager 
hooked me up with uh, a gal named Lindy Ryan and Black Spot Books. And she said, I want to do this. And I said, well, I really think I want to do it from a female point of view and then have a male character. And she said, why don't we do a, a, a shared world series? And basically next Thursday, <laughs> well, July 9th, whenever this airs, um, it, it morphed into this massive undertaking where we have an event that I present and we have 10 episodes and we have seasons, just like a Netflix or a TV series. Mm-hmm. And we have writers from all over the world who are react, their characters are responding and reacting to the same event, which is a chemical attack, chemtrails, uh, chemical, some type of chemical attack. Yep. And they are all going through their own survival journeys in their own parts of the world, but it's all very coordinated each season. That's great. And leading up to them, uh, the revelation that there is this great reset coming and Mm. that they do step up and fight back, or that's the end of humanity. And, and it's just the most, uh, I have to give props to, Black Spot Books. It's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Where where can people find it? So it will be uh, sold on Amazon as eBooks. Yep. And then at the end of each season, we'll put out a print version. People can look for it on my website, which is mariedjohns.com or blackmariahseries.com. Beautiful. I'm super excited to, to check it out. It sounds really fascinating. Um, keep up the great work, all the great writing you've been doing. This is a super valuable book. I know the next one will be as well. And thanks so much for coming on and sharing your insight, and your wisdom. I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much. I always appreciate talking to you because we, you know, we go where other spirits are trend. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And take a vacation. You're, you, it's overdue for you. Bang this book out and, and right. go sit on a beach somewhere right. for a little while and chill out. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Marie. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our time with Marie Jones. Marie has generously donated her book, Disinformation and You, to the first three listeners that raised their hands. So we're fixing my work email, so just send me an email if you're interested with your name and address to tonyrezak at mac.com. That's T-O-N-Y-R-E-Z-A-C at mac.com saying you would like a free copy, and Marie will send you an autographed copy of her excellent book. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors, and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men. 